Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? Well, eyes have seen, ears have heard what's recorded in God's Word. Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? Well, isn't He wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? My Lord, wonderful, sing it again. Well, isn't He wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Is it Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? Oh, eyes have seen, ears have heard what's recorded in God's Word. Is it Jesus, my Lord, wonderful? It's good to see everyone in the house of the Lord this morning. Man, I hope that you came with your hearts prepared. Amen. And just ready to give God some glory this morning. Man, we just want to seek the Lord's will. Amen. Just let Him search our hearts. Amen. If there's anything troubling you today, man, I hope and trust that you can just find that channel and let God deal with your heart. Amen. We all, we're all searching for, for something. Amen. We all have needs. Amen. So let's just pull on the Lord this morning and let's just give him some glory and worship him for a little while. Amen. You with me? Amen. Let's just sing this song, More of You, B-flat. More of you. I've had it all, but what I need is more of you, of these I've had my fill, but yet I hunger still, empty and I've had my fill, and yet I hunger still, oh, empty and bare, Lord, hear my prayer for more of you. If that's your heart's cry, let's sing it together.
of things I've had my fill, and yet I hunger still, empty and bare, Lord, hear my prayer. is just thirsting and longing for more of God. Man, I just see this world around me and the way it's going and just the more I see of it, the less I want of it. Amen. And I just want more of Jesus. Amen. I have that song on my heart, Worthy is the Lamb Seated on the Throne, Key of G. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Bearing all my sin and shame And love you came And gave amazing grace Thank you for the cross, Lord Thank you for the price you sin and shame and love you came and gave amazing grace thank you for this love And it 
treasure of heaven crucified worthy is the with your hands this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Kiev, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all now with all your hearts. Lord, and find there is none. 
Jesus. Amen. thought maybe we could try that song again. Uh, we sing the Let the Worshippers Arise. I think it was in the key of F, right? Amen. <clears throat> if we could pull the words up to that song. Let's sing this song together and give Him glory. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. You want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come, let it live in me. This is my prayer, this is my plea again now. Well, Father, I can see that you are drawing a line in the sand and I want to be standing by your side oh, oh, holding your hand so let your kingdom come oh, let it live in me this is my prayer this is my plea together now worshipers arise let the sons and the daughters see I surrender Him my all I surrender to the King again now Oh, let the worshippers rise Let the sons and the daughters sing I'm surrendering all I surrender Him my all I surrender everything Father, I can hear it growing louder It's a song of Your redeemed That's the saints of every nation Our awakening to sing And from our hearts there comes an anthem Oh, hear the heavens ring. This is our song. A song to our King. Let the worshipers arise. Come on now. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I surrender Him my all. Oh, I surrender to let the worshipers arise now. Let the worshipers arise. Oh, yes, Lord. Let the sons and the daughters sing. Oh, I surrender him my all. I surrender to the King. First verse. Father, I can see that you are drawing a line in the sand And I want to be standing by your side Oh, oh, holding your hand So let your kingdom come And let it live in me This is my prayer This is my plea Let the worshipers arise let the sons and the daughters see. Oh, I surrender him my all. 
surrender to the King. Once again now, let the worshipers arise. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters see. I surrender in my all. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender to the King. I surrender him my all. I surrender him my all. I surrender to the King. Amen. Let's give him some more praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Isn't that lovely? Man, I know the Holy Spirit is pleased with your worship. Man, I just sense a sweet presence in this place. Man, let's change the order of our service at this time, and we'll believe it's appropriate to take our needs before the Lord. Amen. I'd like to ask Brother Ben McCafferty if he would be prepared to take these needs before the Lord for us. Amen. To mention a few, amen, we want to remember in prayer Sister Mary Smith and also Sister Jackie Whitlock. They both have dental procedures that will be happening tomorrow. Uh, if you would keep them in your prayers, um, man, that God would uh, touch them and bring them through that. Amen. Let's remember Brother Aaron Ngamaza. He is in Africa still at this time, traveling around. I know he's been a blessing to the people over there, and I can't wait to hear report that he has for us when he comes back. Amen. Just looking looking forward to that greatly. Let's remember Brother, our pastor, Brother Barry Coffey. He's in Belgium at this time, and pray that... Um, the saints of God would be blessed over there, man, and just bring them safely back to our assembly, man. And if you'd remember my uh, Aunt Sherry, Sister Sherry, and, uh, and uh, my Aunt Rosie in prayer, man, both of them need a, a real touch from the Lord. And uh, let's just continue to remember Brother Burley Williams in prayer, man, with what he went through with his eye. I know that's that's been a real rough ordeal if we'd remember him in prayer as well, amen. You have unspoken needs by the uplifting of hands, and we'll just hold those on our heart. Brother Ben, you can come on up here and take these needs to the Lord for us. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, it's just a real honor and a privilege, Lord, to be able to be here this morning, Father, and to be with our brothers and sisters, Father, to... uh, be able to come together, Father, and to worship, and Lord, to uh, be able to hear the word, Father, and to be able to apply it to our lives. And Lord, we just ask, Father, this morning, our uh, prayer requests, our brother Jaron mentioned, Father, Lord, that you'll touch each of the situations there, Lord. You just remember, especially our sister Mary, Father. Lord, um, I ask that you'll be with her, and I ask you to be with our brother Richard that continues to be her caregiver, Father. I ask that you'll give them both strength, Lord, and I ask that you wrap your arms around her, Lord, and let her know that you love her. Lord, our uh, brother Burley, Father, who's been just going through such a tough time with that injury to his eye, Father, we just ask that you'll be with him. Bless him, Father, and continue to heal him, Lord. We're believing for that. Lord, our pastor, as uh, he's traveling, Lord, Lord, potentially probably even ministering at this moment, Father, Lord, we just ask that you'll bless the services there, Father. 
Lord, we ask that you'll bless the people there, Father, that the word may come forth and help those folks there, Lord. We ask that you'll help him and Sister Becky to have a safe trip back. Our brother Aaron, as he's traveling back from Africa, Lord, we just ask that you'll give him and his family safe traveling mercies, Father. And Lord, we uh, are looking forward to hearing, Lord, the report. Lord, our brother Dennis, as he comes this morning, Father, Lord, may we do our part, Lord, to uh, just pull, Lord, and uh, Lord, may you help him to get out of the way. And Father, finally, all those that had unspoken prayer requests that had their arms lifted, Father, you know each of the situations this morning, Lord Jesus. We all have needs, Lord. Some of us have personal needs, Father. They may be financially, they may be physical, Father. They may even be emotional, Lord, and mental, Father, as we are fighting, Lord Jesus, in this time, Lord. Satan is coming down so hard on folks, Lord, these days. Lord, we just ask that you'll be with each of the situations, Lord. Bless them, Father. Lord, we ask you to be with our brother Jaron as he leads us in song, Father. Lord, we just enjoy it and we feel your presence here this morning, Lord. We ask it all in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Vin. You can have your seats for a while. Amen. Such a beautiful song you're playing there. Let's sing that, Brother Matt. my hands to the heavens. 
I lift my eyes where my help comes from, and I look to my rock, my healer, I trust in you. I reach my hands, so I reach my hands to the heaven, and I lift my eyes where my hill comes from, and I look to you, my rock, my healer. I trust in you. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Oh, glory. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And I receive. Jesus is here Oh, Jesus is here Jesus is here Oh, and I believe Him So we lift our hands So I reach my hand my hands so I reach my hand to the heavens and I lift my eyes where my hill comes from and I look to you my rock my healer I trust in you sickness can't stay here Sickness can't stay here any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. You are the God of all power. And it is your will that my life be healed again now. Sickness can't stay here any longer Your perfect love is casting out fear You are the God of all power And it is your will that my life be healed One more time now, sickness Sickness can't stay here any longer Oh, your perfect love is casting out fear And you are the God of all power And it is your will that my life be healed 
So I reach my hands Could you stand and sing it? To the heavens I lift my eyes Where my help comes from And I trust in you My rock, my healer I trust in you Let's lift our hands again Hallelujah I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock, my healer. I look to you. I trust in you. I trust in you. Our deacons would make their way forward at this time. Amen. We'll take up our morning offering. And I believe all hearts and minds are ready for the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Mike Pritchard, would you lead us in prayer? Brother Dennis McBride makes his way forward. Amen. We just look forward to what he has to bring for us. Amen. We just want you to pull on the gift. Amen. Amen. If you have a need, just hold that on your heart. Amen. I believe God will minister to that. Amen. Let's sing this song together as he makes his way. Have your way. Have your way.
I like that. <clears throat> One of my favorites, uh, I'm young, right? But I like a lot of old hymns. And one of my favorites is Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Amen. It has a message within it. And when the Lord was first dealing with my heart, it just, every time somebody would sing it, it would just minister to me. So I got a lot of favorites, but that's like probably number number one. Amen. But God bless each one of you. It's, it's good to be here. Um, not, not just to fill a space and just to be behind a pulpit because we only want the will of God, right? And so I'm, I'm feeling in my heart that, that it's the will of God for me to be here. And, uh, and we're actually going to be working with that this morning. Um, but God bless Brother Barry where he is. Um, tremendous blessing always has been, not only to me, but to so many others. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the, the, the men's meeting that's coming up. <clears throat> uh, the first one that I went to myself and Brother Kadre Diggs. We go to the same church, of course, and uh, we had somewhat came into the ministry kind of around the same time, not too far apart. And so we were on our way up here. Well, we had a wonderful time when we came, right? But on our way up here, we stopped at the gas station. Uh, it's down the road there. And, uh, and it was a minivan that me and my wife had, a Mercury Villager, gray, older model. Sometimes the doors would lock automatically. <laughs> and when we were getting gas, he went in the store, and I was pumping. And when he came out, I heard the doors lock. I was like, oh, my goodness. My keys was in it. And so I'm sitting there like, wow, brother, what are we going to do? But by the grace of God, it's going to sound a little funny, but it's true. Not long before that, I was at work, and my friend, no, how did it happen? My, my friend had locked his keys in his car by accident. We worked third shift. And I came out, and I saw the situation, and I told him, I said, brother, let's pray. And we prayed, and I said, uh, how did it go? Somehow we had a, a house key like to an actual house, like the back door of a house. I said, brother, we're going to try this key. <laughs> and the saints, we put it in there, and that door unlocked with that house key. So I remembered that when my door was locked. <laughs> I said, brother, you got your, your, I said, brother, you got your keys on you? He said, yeah, I got my keys. I said, well, let me hold it. And he had a house key. <laughs> Totally different car. The saints, we put that key in that door and it unlocked. Amen. So I'll never forget that in connection with my first time coming to the men's meeting. Amen. God, he, he's a good God, isn't he? So maybe one day you might have to use my testimony. <laughs> Amen. If he did it for Brother McBride, Lord, I got the same need. Amen. So I don't want to keep you standing long. Um, let's go right into the word now. Uh, in our Bibles, let's turn to um, First John. No, is it First John? Let's go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15. 
the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And the first brother that I had that experience with, and I'm saying this to the glory of God, when I went to that job, the Lord had given me a dream prior to going. I'm not a dreamer, not super spiritual, nothing like that. It just happened like that. And in this dream, I was in the cafeteria, and I saw a bunch of people just kind of walking around like it was lunchtime. And I was standing against the wall behind this particular table, and I just started talking in the dream. And when I started talking, one person came out from the crowd and came and stood before me and sat down. So I sat down, and I began to talk with them. Uh, But long story short, that brother that that happened with at my job, he was in the world. We didn't know one another, but the Lord brought us together there. And then by the grace of God, he brought him all the way into the message. And now the Lord has given him a wonderful ministry, and he's been doing pretty good, you know, for it's been over 15 years now. So God just has ways of doing things, saints. Amen. It's, it's nothing according to our doing. It's just what he feels to do at whatever given time. And if we're able to be used by him, if he chooses that, then he'll just use us. He can use anybody. Amen. So the Gospel of John, chapter 15, I'm going to start at verse 7. It says, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, he says, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us this morning. Father, I got a lot on my heart. Lord, you just know how to bring it together according to your will. Lord, let let your will be done. Father, we pray. Bless all of your people. We ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. So, I think, because it was a while before I actually came back here to fellowship with you all, by way of the ministering of the word. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the first service that I did do after a number of years was the the will of the Lord. I think it was called the will of the Lord. Um, this is a slightly different angle from that. Uh, but it's just something that the Lord has been emphasizing to my heart. And when I was considering coming here, uh, it, you know, just some things begin to come together and I felt like this was the way I was supposed to go. So we're going to approach this by the grace of God this morning. Um, and our overall title, the topic we're going to deal with is according to his will. According to his will. In our opening scripture, we see in John 15 again, it says, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, it says, ye shall ask what ye will. Um, the asking what you will part is very attractive, right, to a lot of people. And we often hear that part emphasized, right? That part of the scripture emphasized, you know, ask what you will, especially when saints are going through many different difficulties and they need God to come on the scene uh, just to know that God is, is, is opening that type of a door to us to be able to, to, to speak to our situations, right, and actually see a change come about. Amen. That's, that's like, that's very attractive, right? That's like a blessing, Lord. Let that be in my life. I, I know right now, 
pretty, I'm pretty sure almost everybody in the building this morning, we have things that we would like to apply that to. Right. You know, Lord, let that be changed <laughs> and to see an immediate change. Right. And 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 we know through the message of the hour, uh, God, God has been uh, expanding. You know, he's been introducing himself to us, revealing himself to us and expanding our understanding according to what it is that he has in store for us. He's helping us to see that we're really a part of him. Right. And that's a big feat right there, because when we coming out of the world, different walks of life, we didn't know that we were the children of God in the way that God wanted us to know that. But he's he by his grace through each one of our journeys, he's been giving us experiences and he's been helping us to come to a place to really get a chance to know him. And that was his overall desire, right, that we really get to know him in all the ways that he is. So even though we have a lot of misfortunate things, unfortunate things that take place in our lives, we've come to a place to realize that God has to permit those things in order for us to really get to know him in those particular ways. He allowed us to be sick. How many have been healed before in here? How many are grateful for that healing? But now we know God to be a healer. It's not just something that's just a thought of the mind or just or we've just been educated in. We've heard about it. We believed it. But then we had the experience of it. So now we know. And that's very pleasing to God that we know him in these ways. So to God, the most important thing, and this is the reason why I opened up with this particular scripture here, because although the asking what we will is is very attractive and we look forward to being able to enter into that. And I don't doubt maybe that's already been working amongst many people. Right. But the real thing, the real thing that God really is honing in on is the first part of this scripture. He says, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you. Because that speaks to a deeper thing. It's not just the going and the performing of miracles and seeing God manifest himself to satisfy our needs. But it's something that God desires. He's here to do things for us, but it's something that he's actually looking for. There's something of more value. That he has his eye on. And that is that relationship. You know, in the scripture, in the Old Testament, it talks about seven women taking a hold of one man. And they wanted the benefits of being able to be called by his name. But they wanted to be able to to wear their own clothes and live their own life in the way that they desired to. You understand what I'm saying? And it's sad to say, but there are many people that have that same mindset. They may not even realize it, but it's like I want the benefits of being associated with God. But when it comes to his word, having the preeminence in my life and him really being a ruler in my life, I still got some things I like to do according to the way that I feel I want to do it. I'm going to read something to you here, saints, that might be a bit of a shocker. You know, because the way that we grew up in this world is like the world teaches you in a certain way. You know, and I'll say it years ago, uh, I, I, uh, I ministered on a subject years ago. I don't know how many years, man. It might have been 17 years ago. But it was on my heart because of the group that I was dealing with. And I was, it, the Lord gave me a topic of the unchanging God in a world of change. Right? And, 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 and this, this, this thing right here that we begin to deal with is, you know, you're, you're, you, you were born in the world, 
And your first teachers were your parents. Right. And your perception of life and your view of the world, it began to be shaped and molded by what they were instilling in you. Now, it depended on what type of a household you were born in. Right. Because normally when you see children, they tend to take on the characteristics and the habits of what's in the home, of what's in the parents. Some situations are very sad. You know, sometimes I don't know about you, but I've seen clippings where you have little babies, man, probably no more than two or three years old. But the the kind of language they hear in the home and the activity and what's displayed before them, you see them acting at that, acting that out at such young ages. And those parents don't realize you're going to have to give an account for that. So as a parent. It may, when, when, when the word of the Lord has been revealed to you and you come into a relationship with God, you become fearful. Even as a minister or a pastor, because you have to give an account for the life you live before the people that God has placed in your life. Right. So it's not a light thing on how we live our lives, no matter where we are, be it in the home, be it at work, be it in the grocery store. Lord, have mercy on us. Amen. But then your parents, they became your teachers. Then they sent you off to school and you began to be shaped and molded more so in your thinking and your views of life. Then you go beyond that and you go to college, you go to work and things of that nature. So a person's personality kind of becomes comprised of all these different things kind of gel together according to what it is they chose to accept and they chose not to accept. And then when you come to God, God is saying, forget everything. And that's, listen, that's difficult for a lot of people. And, and I, I want to say this by the grace of God. And even though many have even come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and have come to walk with him to a certain degree, it's still some things in their lives that they just don't really feel to let go of. And the only reason why they do that is because in that area, if it's something that's contrary to God, there's been a deception that's taken place by an evil spirit that they're blinded to. Because if you can see what's really going on, you would gladly release it. But our prophet said many times people break a sweat in trying to let go. <laughs> when you got to let go of something, just say, you just let it go. But if you really feel differently toward that thing, that's where the sweat comes in at. So our prophet, I know you're saying, Brother McBride, get to the quote, brother. You got me, like, anticipate. I want to hear what you got. So here it is. <laughs> The message is called All the Days of Our Life. He says, and that's the way it is with the human being. If he becomes a lamb, if his nature is changed, he depends wholly upon God and upon God's leading. He says, but the earth man, when Adam realized that he had fallen from from that estate, where God had him wholly depending on him, Adam quickly showed his second nature, his fallen nature. He says he wanted a way back to be redeemed, but he wanted to do it his way and after his own thinking. Many people don't mind the thought of accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they kind of want to do it on their own terms. 
Not knowing that God don't operate like that. <laughs> you know, he's God, right? <laughs> it's like it's his way or no way. <laughs> he's mild, he's gentle, he's a gentleman, but yet he's stern and he, he's firm and he's just. Right? He don't compromise with his word. But notice how he goes on to say this. He says, I trust that the church will understand this, that we have no right. Are you ready? He says that we have no right to use our own thinking about things. He says we he says when we become Christians, we totally surrender every bit of our mental powers to God and follow after his leading. As long as we try to go after our own feeling that we are using to fall to uh, uh, that we are using the fall in the state of the being. Because God led Adam before the fall, and after the fall, Adam wanted to lead God. So when it comes to, and I'm tying this in, saints, according to his will, God has to bring us to the place to where his will becomes so valuable to us that we'll actually seek it. You understand what I'm saying? We won't so easily just go with the flow of how we feel or how we think or our preconceived ideas of how we think things should go. In no area of our lives. He says we have no right. (laughs) Hold on, brother. How are you going to tell me I don't have a right? We're in America. I got a right to do anything I want. We're in the land of the free. They don't understand what they're saying. Right? God wants this type of a preeminence in the lives of all of his people. Can we say praise the Lord? This particular message here is called Christ is the mystery of God revealed. He goes over what God's plan was. What was it he was trying to achieve in the earth and amongst his people throughout this entire time? The first, he says, was to reveal himself through Christ, right? That was necessary. He he wanted people to be able to see him, express himself in his fullness. That's why I'm glad we got the Gospels, right? We're able to read and watch the character of God and see how he did things and how he responded to things and whatever. And that becomes our guide in this earth. That becomes our example. It says Mark, the perfect man, isn't that right? Amen. And as God opens up his word to us and we see him in his nature and how he walked, how he taught, because we are the children of God, we desire those things. If a husband want to know how to be a husband, read the word of God. God shows you what a husband should be. If a wife want to be a true wife, read the word of God and allow the Lord to minister his word to your soul and reveal to you what his desire is. That's in many cases completely outside of our thinking. You know, sometimes we want to kind of be in certain ways. You know what I mean? We want to justify ourselves in certain actions and things of that nature. You understand what I mean? We know that's true. Depending on how you feel or what the situation is dealing with, you want to hold on to certain things that in your mind you think is okay. But in everything, we got to be like, Lord, I lay myself before you. Help me to see how I should be. Show me myself according to your view. Your view of yourself don't matter. The Bible says every man is right in his own sight. We're justified, right? Whatever we think, it must be right because it's coming from my thinking. (laughs) Who are you to tell me I'm wrong? Huh? (laughs) 
Amen. But God is the one that tells us if we're right or wrong. And it's wrong if it's contrary to his will and to his word. But we have to come to that place. So now, watch this. So he wanted to have the preeminence his next in his people. That was the second part of it. And I like the way that the Lord calls Brother Branham to say this. And I'll just read this little portion to you here. He says, oh, if I can, he says, oh, if God can get the, the prisoners like that. Now, now that's when that now that's when he can express the preeminences, you see. He's got the man, the person, so that he knows nothing but Christ. You get what I mean. He says, secondly, first to express himself completely, God and Christ. Second, to have preeminences in his church, he says. He says, which is his body, the bride, till he could leave, till he could have the preeminence to express himself through them, all right? And thirdly, to restore the kingdom to its rightful position. Now, when you're dealing with that preeminences, that's important to God. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's what was lost in the Garden of Eden. God had the preeminence. And what does the word preeminence mean? The word preeminent, it means the fact of surpassing all others. Without realizing it, Eve, listen. Eve didn't realize it, but she allowed Satan to become her master. She allowed Satan to become her God. The Bible says, whoever you yield your members to obey, they become your masters to whom you obey. So many people say, well, I obey God. God is my master. But what does your life say? What do those habits say? Do they speak the same thing? It doesn't matter what I say of myself because we want to have the best thoughts of ourselves at all times, rightfully so. Nobody want to see themselves condemned or or outside of the will of God and not a child of God. Right. But our lives tell the story more than what our words do. So Eve didn't realize she, she she allowed, she, listen, she put God down. She put God aside. Just like Israel did. They wanted a king to rule over them. They didn't realize God was their king. And his chosen man to actually work through to help lead them was Samuel. Isn't that right? And Samuel got hurt by that. He was like, well, what did I do? This and that and the other. And God had to come to him and said, Samuel, they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. By their choices, by what they thought was best for them. You see what I'm saying? That's why he said we don't have a right to our own thinking. God, through this message, is helping to condition us in a place to where God's plan and desire can be fully carried out. If we yield to it, if we have the right attitude toward it, if we humble ourselves to it, and don't think that we know about more, more, you know, no more in this area or that area. No, just let God have his way. Even now, I don't care how long I've been in the ministry or anything like that. To be honest with you, I don't feel like I know anything. Because whatever I think I know, God can show me so much more. I mean, we're only scratching the surface. For any one of us in here, whatever we think we know, whatever, however much of God he's revealed to you, just know there's so much more. There are deeper depths and higher heights that we haven't even touched yet. 
even in our walk. There's so much more God wants to do through each one of us in here. In whatever, in whatever way he's chosen to do it. See, and that's where he's getting at. That's the place. So even though he said, ask what you, what ye will, that what goes behind, see, it's not according to what you will like that. Everybody alright? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to go back to that scripture just so that we can kind of come off of it on another angle. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So many people are under the impression that, okay, we're the bride. The Lord has spoken to us in the message through our prophet, you know, as far as what pertains to us in in light of the third pool, right? So how many are in expectation to, to be able to move into that particular gift? Amen. But it's not, see, that, that's not just something that God is just bestowing upon us like that. You see, it's, it's deeper than that. The only reason why Brother Brandon was able to enter into that place, because it was a part of who he was. You see, how many believe you're the word? In the beginning was the word. The word created all things. Let us make man in our image. And after our likeness, isn't that right? The only way that Brother Brandon was able to operate in that, that wasn't just a gift being bestowed upon him. That was an expression of God that he was, that, that he already was. He was a part of God, right? And he just yielded himself to a place to where now God can speak out of him. Understand, every time the third pool operated, it was never Brother Branham's will. It was God's will. He didn't, even, he, he didn't even know what to ask for when God first came to him and brought that scripture to his mind. God told him, do you have any game? It was God's will that squirrels be spoken. Huh? And not sparrows. You see, it never could have been sparrows because it wasn't the will of God to be sparrows. Let's go to this scripture here. It says, First uh, John chapter 5, it says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. In the time that we end, people feel the need of the hour. They feel that inspiration in the air, Right? They know that we're at that time where we, we how many, there is a squeeze that's coming, right? The stage is being set. You know, the world stage is being set, right? Our local stage is being set. In our personal lives, the stage is being set. Why do you think it is that we've been going through the things that we go through? It's not by chance. It's not just the devil coming in and just doing whatever he wants to do. God is giving us chances and opportunities to be able, listen, it's training. Every trial, every trouble that you and I encounter, God is using that as a point of training for you and I. To do what? For one, to help us to gain a trust and a confidence more than what we've had in him. Because when a rubber hits the road, saints, and this thing really comes down, we have to have a personal connection with God. There ain't no faking of that. It's got to be there. Can we say praise the Lord? 
So God is dealing with us now to allow these troubles to come to purge us of all these things. Because when you go through those trials, that's when we actually get down to business with God. Isn't that right? Depending on how that trial strikes your life, it draws you to your knees. Whereas before, we might not have been giving God the attention or time and things of that nature, but God knows how to bring us to that place. Brother Brown said that's the reason why God gives us those trials, is to bring us to a place to where we're quiet before him. Because he wants to talk with us, but we get so busy. We get so busy, we ain't got time for God. God is the one that's optional. God said, no, I can't be second place. I got to have the preeminence. The word preeminent, again, it means, it means, amen, the, the fact of surpassing all others. So God in our lives, saints, he's, he, he wants to gain that first place. Everything that we've been putting in our lives before him, he, he's coming in our lives and through his way of dealing with us, he's calling all, he's causing all those things in the hearts of his people to be set aside, the idols to be cast out. Because he has to have center stage. In Webster, I like Webster's definition of of preeminence. It means having, listen, it says, the paramount rank, dignity, or importance. Having the paramount rank, dignity, or importance. What does the word paramount mean? The word paramount means more importance than anything else. Throughout the whole Bible saints, what was it that God was desiring from his people to be the most important thing in their lives? But all these things the enemy tried to bring into his people's lives to actually distract them. And in too many cases, he was successful in getting people off into all forms of worship of any kind, no matter how mild or how great. As long as he can get people to worship something, he's satisfied in that. Because that's the thing that brings about a hindrance to our relationship with God, right? It makes it not not as good as it could be, not as sweet as it could be. Can we say praise the Lord to that? So God is desiring this, says, even at this time, that's the main thing on God's mind is that he gained the preeminence. I know that's what he's ministering to every one of our hearts. Give me more. Amen. Humble yourself to me. Amen. He he wants us to want to be with him. He don't want us to have to be forced to do it. We look at the success of Brother Branham's ministry in his life. That brother was in love with God. He had come to a place through everything he had gone through that God had truly gained the preeminence in that brother's life. It was hard. It was a hard life. And God told him that it's a harder way. He said, but you chose it of your own choosing. We have choices, right? But God wants to direct our choices. He wants he want to direct our decisions. Preeminence. I mean, uh, free more agency is there. You can do whatever you want to do. Right? But God wants us to come to a place where we want to do his will. He wants you to want it. He wants you to value it. Amen. That's what he's looking for, saints. Can we say praise the Lord to that? Notice this now. Second Corinthians chapter six and verse 14. 
It says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And what concord have Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? But see, Satan want us to mix. He want us to actually be, he, he, he want us to walk with things and have things that become a part of our lives that's contrary to God. And for people that choose to kind of walk that, that tightrope, walk that kind of straddling of the fence, if I can say it in that way. Amen. There are influences that come along with that. Evil communication does what? It corrupts good manner. You hang around the wrong environment. Brother Branham said this. You hang around the wrong environment too long because there's a spirit that's dominating that environment. He says eventually you will go into it. You will find things beginning to come and begin to be expressed through you. Your mind will change because you're subjecting yourself under the anointing or within the anointing of another spirit that's a strong demon in the world. And the next thing you know, people are become a little more tolerant to wrong language. You know, you look at wrong things, you kind of you, you kind of linger with it a little too long. Brother Branham said, "All it takes is for a moment." He said, "He said, he says that's where um, the young lady made her mistake. She stopped for a moment, and all, in that moment that she paused, that, de- that, that 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 demon took control of her." It took her from the road onto the, the dance floor again. Yes. All because she stopped for a moment to listen to the music. That evil spirit came in when she gave ear to the wrong thing. And people wonder why it is the Lord has, has dealt with us in the way that he did concerning television and worldly songs and things of that nature. Because you're dealing with demon powers. She Listen, she didn't feel that demon come in her. She just realized she began to be taken control of. So God is warning us against wrong connections. He says, how can two, in the book of Amos, how can two walk together except they be agreed? What is God saying? In order for you to walk with me, right? In order for me to walk with you, there has to be an agreement. That agreement has to be a depth. It has a depth to it. You understand what I'm saying? You just can't, you just can't tell God, God, I agree with you. God got to see it. He got to see it in our decisions. He got to see it in how we submit ourselves to Him on a daily basis. We just can't fluff God over with sweet words. God can hear worship songs that sound so beautiful, but God is looking at that heart and word of where it's coming from. Because the very same worship he established with Israel, it became a stench in his nostril coming from the same people. Why was that? Because their hearts now had gone and began to be with someone else. And God recognized that shift. So the same songs and the same form of worship became a stench in God's nostrils. He said he detested it. It makes a difference, saints. Verse 15 says, and what concord have Christ with Belial, or what part have he that believeth with an infidel? Verse 16 says, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said. Notice this now, God has a desire. He says, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. What is that speaking of, saints? A oneness. Father, may they be one, even as you and I are one. So God, Jesus Christ was our example. 
of that one oneness saints. Isn't that right? There was a harmony that was there. Let's go into it right here. He says, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, saith the Lord, he says, and be ye separate. Brother Branham said, God is calling for separators. The world is calling for mixers. People that are not ashamed of the gospel. People that are willing to make a stand. You understand what I'm saying? I know it ain't easy. When the majority of the world is in darkness, how many realize that? They're, they're in gross darkness. But he said, arise and shine for thy light has come. And through the message of the hour, God has shined light, the manifestation of his person in this hour into our lives, and it quickens us through that. God called, he calls the light to shine out of darkness. That predestinated seed was buried within us. Amen. But in God's timing and in God's season, amen, we heard the call of God and it called forth for that life to come out now. Amen. Now God is calling us to a separated life. Amen. But it's in a, in the beginning, you know, you're a little more, you know, you, you lack maybe the maturity and you got a lot of zeal and what have you. And I know for myself, I made a lot of mistakes when God was first dealing with my life, you know. But he, he, he teaches you how to tone that down. He brings you up in a more mature way, right? So you can begin to deal with things and begin to deal with people in the right ways. Be as wise as serpents, right? But as harmless as doves. God has opened up your eyes and you see the things that are contrary, the things that are not pleasing to him, but yet you got to live among it. Isn't that right? At my job, I got to live among it. Right. But there is a wisdom God gives you in how to live among it. Right. But yet even in that, you got to make a stand. You just can't. Because the devil will try to use those situations to put pressure on us, to compromise on the things of God. And if we're not careful, saints, sometimes people get to a point to where they're ashamed to really show who they are. And the devil loves that. Right. He wants to, He wants us to be ashamed. He wants us to try to cover up that life. But I thank God that he's able to still come in and have his way. Amen. Even though we, we find ourselves in those situations, sometimes God knows how to come in and bring all of it out and cause us to shine still for his glory. Amen. So God said, I want to dwell in them. I want to walk in them. He said, but I'm calling for something. I'm calling for a separation. In order for me to be able to walk in them like I want to walk in them, there has to be an agreement. Amen. Your life has to agree. Your mind, your thinking has to be in agreement with mine. Amen. You have no right to your own thinking. Right. You have to be willing to put down your mind and allow my mind to be the dominant one in your life. Right. But there's a choice that's there. And that's what we all have been wrestling with. Right. But God, by his grace, he's bringing us forward. We're not where we used to be. Right. You know, we've made progression. We can see God bringing us forward and moving us higher in his world, right? Showing us his ways. And we're, we're now more in an agreement with God than we were before. But there's still some areas of purging that's left. And all God wants us to do is just to humble ourselves. Notice this now. <clears throat> he says in verse, verse 18, and I, will be a, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Brother Branham comes down and he says in the Patmos vision, he says, amen, cut every obstacle from human beings. He says that they might be connected 
like in the Garden of Eden. Now, if we go back and we look at Adam's life and Eve's life before sin came in, there was a connection that was there. Right. And that word connected, saints, what does it mean? The word connect means to join or fasten together, usually by something intervening. Amen. So Adam and Eve, they were joined to God. Right. Amen. They had that same nature. They had that same life. There was an agreement. So God can come down in the cool of the evening and he can walk with them. Right. There was no division. There was nothing pulling to the opposite side. There was a harmony that was there. Can we say praise the Lord? Amen. I notice how he says this now. He says, cut every obstacle from human beings that they might be connected like in the Garden of Eden. I was going to choke it, he says, but I'm going to say it. Man is omnipotent. He says, you don't believe that, but he is. A man fully surrendered to God is omnipotent. That's the key, fully surrendered. He says, did, did not he say in Mark eleven twenty two, whatsoever things ye say and don't doubt in your heart, it'll come to pass. He says, you can have what you've said. What happens when two omnipotents meet, when God and man comes together, two omnipotents, something's got to shake. He says, whatever you say with that creative power of omnipotence of God, he says, knowing that he's promised it and he said it in his word, it creates a power that goes out yonder and, bring, and brings the things to pass. He says, things that is not, it makes. He says, them, them as though they are because two omnipotents have met. So where that agreement was, see that the key of it is, it was an agreement. There was a, a like characters. The natures were the same. So God brought all of his creation, the animal kingdom to Adam. And he says, Adam, name him. And the Bible says, whatever Adam named him, notice that was the name thereof. God didn't have to correct nothing. Why? Because there was a harmony that was there. Adam and God were one. Can we say praise the Lord? Amen. And whatever Adam said, because it was the spirit of God and according to the mind of God, God didn't have to touch a thing. He said there was no correction. It was that. The Bible says whatever he called the name thereof, that is what it was. And that's what it is to this day. Why? Because he became one. You understand? It was a relationship that's there. That was there. And that's the main thing that we're looking at right now is that relationship in our personal lives, our individual walls. When we're at home and nobody else can see us, that's where the real work is done right there. And whatever God does out of your life is going to speak according to what's going on in your private life. And he brings us to a place to where it's not a show. Isn't that right? We don't care how people think about us or how they view us in that respect. We're not trying to gain some, some, some high reputation of any kind. All we care about is that his will is being done. But God has to bring us to that place. Because those are the things Satan tries to raise up within us. Because he knows that will cut the power of God short right there. As soon as our own desires and, and you know, we get, we get this way about us sometimes, God might use someone, right? And the next thing you know, it kind of it kind of brings another spirit about it to where they begin to think more highly of themselves than what they should, right? And that actually cuts the power of God off right there because all glory, all honor, all praise should flow to him. 
That's the place of power to where you realize where the source of everything comes from. And then you just humble yourself to that one that makes the difference and that does the work. Praise the Lord. Christ is a mystery of God revealed. And through that purpose, he achieved a church that he, the fullness of God, might bring to pass every promised word of God in these last days. And when he gets the preeminences, preeminence in the church, the position, his place in the church, Jesus said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. He says, even more than this shall he do, for I go to my father. See, he says that was his purpose. There was the manifestation, and now today he wants to get somebody that can so see it that they, that they can let the word. He says, Jesus so seen it, was so perfectly born for the day until God expressed every move that he made. He was God's revelation. Now, how many realize that's the same exact place that you and I have to come to? According to what God has spoken to us in this message. The exposition of the seven church ages. The members of the virgin bride will love him and they will have his potentials for he is their head and all power belongs to him. He says they are subject to him as the members of our bodies are subject to our heads. Notice the harmony of the of the father and the son. Jesus never did anything until it was first showed him by the father. See, he's so respected and desired. Remember, even when he was in Gethsemane. You know, there was something that came out of that situation. We see him actually praying for something that was outside of even what he knew he was supposed to endure. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Isn't that right? That word cup is a divine lot, whether favorable or unfavorable. Whatever God has designed for our lives, he wants us to be able to humble ourselves and desire to go through it because we know it's his will. But he came back, says he says, nevertheless, let not my will be done, but thy will. Notice this now. The members of the virgin bride will love him and they will have his potentials. For he is their head and all powers belong to him. They are subject to him as the members of our bodies are subject to our heads. Notice the harmony of the father and the son. Jesus never did not anything until until it was first showed him by the father. This harmony now is now to exist between groom and his bride. He shows her his word of life. She receives it. She never doubts it. Therefore, nothing can harm her, not even death. For if the seed be planted, the water will raise it up again. Here is the secret of this. The word is in the bride as it was in Mary. The bride has the mind of Christ, for she knows what he wants done with the word. She performs the command of the word in his name, for he has thus say, for she has thus saith the Lord. Then the word is quickened by the spirit and it, and it comes to pass like a seed that is planted and watered. It comes to full harvest serving its purpose. Those in the bride, he says, do only his will. No one can make them do otherwise. 
That's the place God is bringing us to, saints. To even ourselves, we, we, we put our own thoughts aside. Say, Lord, I don't know what's best for me. You do. I want to serve your purpose. Every day that we wake up, saints, what are we supposed to do within that day? We don't know. Right? But God wants us to wake up with a desire and go before him in prayer and says, Lord, thank you for this day. Father, and whatever you would have for me to do within this day, Lord, let your will be done. I know oftentimes in the world that we live in, in the way that our lives are kind of routinely established, you know, we kind of get up and we got a course already pre-made in our minds, which is okay, right? But still we got to have the, that, 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 that dominant thought above all of that. Lord, even though I have this mapped out in my mind, I think my day should go like this, Father, let your will be done. And not mine. However you want to interject yourself, Lord, in this life. However you want to orchestrate and lead me. Lord, let your will be done. And not mine. Amen. I don't know, saints. I, 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 I never saw myself working in the job that I have right now. I had another course in mind. But as time went on, God began to show me that my mapped out course wasn't his will. Right? And as I began to encounter those decision times and those places where in which I thought I was supposed to go, or I desired to go this way, but God is showing me this is it, or he's shutting every door over here, and he's opening a door over here. I don't understand why this is the open door, but I had to walk in it anyway. Why? Because, Lord, I I don't know your will, but I just want your will. My motive and my objective. See, that's the key thing, saints. Your motive and your objective has to be right. It has to be neutral. Right. Like Brother Branham said, he says in the beginning, God led Adam. He said, but Adam got to the point that we wanted. He wanted to lead God. How often do we see that? People make decisions and they have strong desires to do certain things. And because they feel to do it and they have a strong desire for it, they they just automatically assume this must be God. Not knowing we have an enemy that would gladly want to detour us off the right path. And if we become accustomed to living like that, you know, just making decisions and not really considering God, as the Bible said, right? It says, lean not to your own understanding, but before all your ways, how many ways? All your ways acknowledge him. And he says, he'll direct. Why? He's God. That's what he does. He knows what's best. Brother Branham gave the story of the ant, I believe it was a sparrow, right? Versus a human and the thinking of the two, how different it was. The human's thinking was so far supreme above that of a sparrow or of a little bird of some sort, right? That sparrow might know in his own little world what he thinks he knows or whatever and what he feels is best. How much more does that human know more than that sparrow? And that's the same way it is between you and, you, you and I and God, right? We can think we know what's best for us, but God has a much better and bigger picture. And if we yield him, or if we yield to him and be more perfectly led by him, then our lives will come out so right. It may not look right sometimes, it may not feel right sometimes, but it'll be right. How many of how many have had those experiences before? Amen, where things didn't look like is this the right way to go, but it was the exact right way to go. I had to just put down my own thoughts about it. And then when I came out in it, now I realized now that I'm in it, this is the will of God. And you can see the blessings of it come from that. Amen. It's just a, it's, it's a better way all the way around, saints. Amen. It's just a better way. Those in the bride do only his will. 
No one can make them do otherwise. They have thus said up the Lord or they will keep still. They know that it has to be God in them doing the works, fulfilling his own word. He did not complete all his works while he was in his earthly ministry. So now he works in and through his bride. He says she knows that for it was not yet time for him to do certain things that he must now do. But he will now fulfill through the bride that work which he left for this specific time. And we are that part of the bride. Right? We are in the final days. Amen. Where God is dealing with the Gentiles. Isn't that right? Amen. This thing is wrapping up pretty quickly. There's a lot of things that's falling into place rapidly. And we see it happening all around us. And some people are getting fearful. But listen, if we are predestinated, it doesn't matter how we view ourselves, where we are, what lingering things we might have in our lives. That's contrary to God's word. When we when it's time to be, we need to be. We're going to be there. The power of God's word, guess what? It's going to come in our lives, saints, take control, amen? And it's going to bring us to where we need to be. See, that's what a grace is. See, this whole thing is grace. Amen? The whole thing is grace. Unmerited favor is God coming in and divinely satisfying his word in our lives. We can't mess it up. The devil can't mess it up. Amen? Our way could be made to be a little more harder. Isn't that right? A little, a little, a little rough, of course, than what's necessary. But if we're ordained to be there, we're going to be there because God's word can't fail. He said it shall accomplish what he's sending out to do. And it will not return to him void. His will is going to be accomplished. He comes to us. He talks to us. Amen. He tries to teach us his ways. And if we're a little hard-headed about it, then he knows how to correct us. He chastens us, right? Because it's a display of his love toward us. We can't, he can't leave us where we are. Amen. He's going to bring us further. He's going to bring us on. And he knows just how to work with us. To tender up our hearts. Amen. To deliver us from the, the powers of the enemy that tries to hold us back. Amen. And he begins to bring us further and bring us closer. Amen. Into his will and to his purpose. Because the last part of what Brother Branham said that God desired to do was to restore the kingdom to his rightful position. And we are the kingdom of God. Isn't that right? And we have positions as sons and daughters of God. Amen. So I thank God for what he's doing with us. I thank God for what he's doing among us. I'm speaking to you from my heart, from what I'm feeling on the inside. He's calling for more. He wants us to give him our all. He wants us to fully surrender. Amen. This gospel don't make sense to the world. They don't understand. Well, you know, as soon as they listen to the prophet or whatever, and they hear him say certain things, they was like, how can y'all even stand that? Y'all becoming prisoners and bound. That's exactly right. Amen. Bound in the things of God and in the love of God. Prisoners to the will of God. Amen. That's a much better way than what they think they have. So don't be ashamed of this. Amen. Because in the end, I mean, the reward of what it is that God has in store for us is so far above what we can even imagine. And all God is desiring that we do is lay down the life that's actually no good for us anyway. It leads to death and torment at the end for those that stay in that way. The Bible says he that seeks to save his life shall lose it. 
That means he that seeks to preserve his current way of living. When the word comes to you and it highlights needful change you need to make in your life and you make a decision to say, hey, I want to keep my ways. I don't want to yield to that because I'm enjoying this part of what you don't see it in this way, but it's for what the enemy has established in your life. God said you will lose it. He said, but he that loses his life for my sake, meaning when God presents to you his word and you see the decision you need to make. You willfully and out of a heart of love say, Lord, let your will be done and not mine. And you just humble yourself. Remember the Bible, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt you in due time. Humility is the key. Genuine humility. So I thank God for what he's doing, saints. Amen. Um, There's a lot going on. There's a lot of testimony. You know, a lot of testimonies. You know, in our church back at home, um, on, you know, on YouTube, you can look it up. Sister Yolanda Burkett, um, the Lord actually did a, a very wonderful supernatural miracle in her life. And, and has, you know, uh, he, he made sure that it was documented by the medical field uh, so that people could actually see, you know, the before and after. Um, and, and the doctors couldn't say anything about it because they knew that it was there because the, the, their machinery showed it. But then when it came time for the surgery, it was completely gone. Amen. And her testimony is on the Internet there. And just here recently, we've had a number of testimonies come forth where saints had just little desires and things that they desired God to do in their lives. The enemy was putting pressure on them. But it was all things that God permitted to happen. I mean, to realize that God permits these things to happen, not not to make us feel down or frustrated or have tension or stress in our lives, but it's to actually push us forward to a better place. Amen. And, and God came down, saints, and he's been bringing great deliveries and bringing forth great miracles. And so and it's increasing. I'm noticing that it's increasing all around us, even in my own life, in my own body. It's things that God has been doing for me. And I'm like, Lord, thank you. You know, um. So much I can say. God, God is, he's just orchestrating things. Our lives are truly in his hands. Uh, the enemy, he desired to, to, if he could have his way, he wanted to try to kill me. You know, my truck that I'm driving out here now, um, I was driving it to minister, and I thought I just needed a little brake job done. Um, but I didn't know the extent of what was really going on, but the Lord knew. So the Lord allowed me to go to a particular location uh, and he allowed me to make it there. But before I got there, about a mile out, my truck just pretty much got to a point where I thought it wasn't going to make it. And the only thing was on my mind at that time is, Lord, I don't want your service to be hindered. So help me to get to the service. And after we minister and your work is done, then we'll deal with the problem. So the Lord blessed me to make it there. And I'm ministering. And what I was ministering on was the peace of God. <laughs> And I needed it at that time, <laughs> you know, because this thing was happening and I'm not knowing fully what's going on. So after the service was over, we had prayer. There was different ones that came up for prayer. They gave testimonies. And then beyond behind that, I said, well, I have a request also. And I explained the situation. I said, if anybody knows a mechanic that might be able to help me, that would be wonderful. Uh, well, nonetheless, we got a mechanic and we went there on that Sunday and when we got there to the mechanic and I pulled back into the mechanic's shop, uh, I needed to move my truck a little bit to the left side. And when I went to try to move it, the whole tire seized up and it couldn't move. 
And when the mechanic went up under it and looked at it, he said, had you been driving on the interstate just a few minutes more, he says, your whole right side, the whole uh, lower control arm, tire, and everything on the right, it would have came completely off. And I drove that morning over, over an hour and 30 minutes. So you see how mindful God is? You see how he orchestrates our lives, saints? And then as a, another part of that, God knew that I was going to be going up north. I went up north probably about two or three weeks ago, and I ministered. I drove. I drove my truck. <laughs> and I, I actually had to drive my truck because the way everything fell in my scheduling, I couldn't book a flight, and I couldn't, I couldn't rent a car you know, due to finances and just scheduling and stuff like that, and I had to drive my truck. But had the Lord not allowed that to happen then, see, my truck got fixed, and I was able to drive it on up there and have a grand time with the saints in Ohio and Michigan. You know, so I was looking back on that. I said, Lord, you know exactly what you're doing. Amen. There's, everything falls in place at the right time. We may not understand it at that time, and it, it takes us sometimes through stress, through confusion, and, and we get upset sometimes, but God is working everything out for our good. Amen. And I'm just grateful for that. And I know he's doing it in your life, too. And I pray that it increase, and that God bless you beyond, beyond, beyond measure, saints. Amen. Let's pray for one another, right? We need one another. Amen. Let's care about one another. Amen. You know somebody, and I know you do it here, Brother Brother Barry's got a wonderful ministry, and God, through him, I know he teaches you right. And I can feel it. I can feel the anointing. I can feel the harmony in the building. And I appreciate being able to come among you and, and just fellowship with you in the times that God allows me to. So let's just stand together, if we will. And again, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Thanks. Amen. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, oh my Lord, we thank you. We thank you for all that you're doing with us and among us. As we walk through our day-to-day lives, Father God, there are many things that we don't understand. But Lord, we're learning to trust in you more than what we did before. Father, we don't have to see what's around the corner. Like your word says, Lord, we walk by faith and not by sight. So, Father, we thank you for bringing us in this way. It is a harder way, but it's a better way. And we wouldn't choose no other way, Lord. Your way is always what's best. Help us never to be like Adam, Lord, even though in times in our lives we know that we have been. And it's even sad to even think of it in that way, Lord, but how our prophet brought it out, Lord, there was a time where you led Adam, but then he came to a place to where he wanted to lead you. He wanted to try to get you, Lord, to just kind of conform to whatever he felt was best. And that was never going to work. And you wouldn't have it in that way. But you showed even then you had a plan, a redemptive plan. And we thank you, Lord God, for your great redemptive plan that you've been unfolding in this world and that we are now a part of. According to your will, Lord. We can ask whatever, whatever it is we desire. But if that's not your desire, Lord, it won't come to pass. We desire to come into this place of harmony and agreement with you, Lord. To where we're totally humbled. 
as your prophet taught us, Lord God, laying before the presence of the Son to ripen. That's what we're doing, Father. Laying in your presence, Lord, allowing you to come and just purge us of everything that, that's, that's contrary and that's a hindrance to the full shining of your light in our lives. You're leading us to put down every contrary thing, Lord God. You're bringing us, Lord God, into a closer walk, a closer union, Lord. You're bringing us up into that oneness that you so desire, Father, and we desire it also, Lord. Father, help us, Lord, to continually humble ourselves, Father. We're as children before you, Lord. We don't know what's best for our lives at any time. And I know that's a difficult thing sometimes for people to swallow, Lord, to have our prophets say that we don't have a right to our own thinking at any time. But yet we look at it, Lord, and through the right eyes and through revelation, Lord God, we see that that's exactly right. And that's where real value lies right there. It's when you can have the full leading, Lord, to do whatever you will. So let that be the case in our lives, Father. Bless every family, every heart. Every child, Lord, everyone that's here, bless this church, Father, bless the pastor, I pray. Not only here, Lord God, but your ride around the world. Thank you for all that you're doing, Lord. We ask this and we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Saints, with our heads still bowed, I just kind of want to extend the offer to anyone that might desire prayer. Understanding, of course, that it's according to your faith that you receive anything. Be it at your seats, but if you desire to come up and have someone touch and agree with you, then we'll be glad to do that. He's present. He's always present. And he's able to take care of every need that we have. Heavenly Father, you know the individual need. Lord, move upon every request, every need by your grace. We thank you for all things. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, saints. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dennis, for that powerful message. Amen. Hallelujah. Trust that you can take those words to heart. Amen. Just ponder those things. Amen. We just want to surrender fully, man, to find His will in our life. I believe that's a core of His message, Amen. Let's sing that song. Brother Dennis said this was his favorite. I thought it was very fitting. I am weak, but Thou art strong. Jesus, keep from all wrong. And I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to Thee. With just a closer walk with Thee. is my plea daily walking close to thee 
world of toils and snares. If I falter, Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden shares? Oh, none but thee. Savior, man, just in the spirit of worship here. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my heart, O
all the time Yes, we were sinners So unworthy Yet for us He chose to die Filled us with His Holy Spirit So we stand and testify Oh, that His love is everlasting And His mercies, oh, they will never end God is good all the time He put a song of praise in this heart of mine God is good all the time the darkest night His light will shine God is good Oh God is good All the time Sing it as you go now 